God is good all the time. You, you, found a, you found a place to park the dogs on the way in from the great white north? Yeah. Who, who parked in the alleyway? I'm just curious. Alleyway people. Who parked in the streets? Who's wondering if they'll get out of the streets? Wonderful. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, we missed you Sunday. Didn't see you on Sunday. Uh, we made the call Saturday night to close close up shop, uh, and uh, other churches in the area had already closed by then. And uh, you know, you kind of you, you the the big fear is if you do it and then nothing shows up and it's fine. Uh, I I got here Sunday morning just to uh, answer the phones in case anyone called and and to greet people when they showed up, put signs on the door, that kind of thing. And you could not park at that time anywhere in the street. Uh, it was it was such a mess. Uh, the alleyway was clear, so we, we could have had church with like 12 people if they all parked in the alleyway. Uh, but I, even in my SUV, I didn't want to park in the street. I, I wouldn't get out. So I think we made the right call. It's supposed to snow again, I think, tonight. Uh, so good luck to everyone uh, tomorrow. But uh, as of right now, we're planning on having church this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful world blanketed in snow. We ask that you blanket us in warmth today, in love, in mercy. Blanket us in grace, that as we study your word, as we read the words of Paul today, that we might see the care and the love with which he has for his people and for the work that's still before us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is where we are. I forgot to say hello to our online people. Hello, online people. Uh, we might have more of you today than uh, typical uh, with, the, with the snow that uh, took out quite a few folk here in the church uh, to be here today. Uh, there's, it's a fairly short chapter, but it's kind of in a big chunks of uh, four paragraphs. So we're going to take each paragraph in turn today. So do we have a volunteer to read verses 1 through 6? Present weakness and resurrection life. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, plainly we recognize we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord. And ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Paul preached his gospel boldly. 
when he considered the calling of his, uh, the greatness of his calling, it gave him heart to face all difficulties. And he's going to list some of them a little later on in the chapter. There's another uh, book of the Bible that has all of his uh, sufferings that he gave uh, in, 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 the, in the service of Christ. Uh, the, the, uh, the Greek word behind the, the lose heart is, uh, it's, it's got the connotation of uh, kind of a faint-hearted uh, coward. Uh, people who don't want to do the hard stuff, who don't want to face the trials of this, of this age. Um, we have received mercy. Paul preached his gospel humbly. He knew his glorious calling to ministry was not due to his own works, but by mercy. And uh, was it last week we talked about mercy being undeserved? Was that? That was last week, wasn't it? I think so. Uh, hidden ways. So, one of the heresies of the first century, are you excited to learn about it? Yes. Gnosticism. Turn to your neighbor and say, Gnosticism. Starts with a letter G. <laughs> G-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-A-N-O-S-T-
I was, I, was, I was one of the bad guys. I renounced that. And also you have to think about where, the, where, he's, where he's writing right now, the Corinthians. Uh, I think we talked ad nauseum about uh, the sensuality of, of Corinthian life. And we're, we're renouncing some of those ways at all. We're not, we're not going to have uh, seven-year-old prostitutes. We're not going to have uh, all the things that might go with that kind of temple life. That's, that's not us. Um, so that's, that's what we're renouncing. It was uh, later on, as, as the microphone goes that way, it was later on at a council that uh, they had to fight some of these first heresies and say, you know what, that's, we're, not, we're not going this way, we're going this way. Uh, I'll get to this question, then I'll finish the thought. So what you got, Keith? Oh, I'm just wondering if, excuse me, if those that were farmers were the agnostics. Boom, boom. A.G.? Yeah. Got to grow those Gnostics, man. Uh, Orthodox. Orthodox is kind of the right way of doing things, right? Um, is, is it Orthodoxy or is it heresy? Those are the two, two lines. And, this, and here it was still kind of, where is it going to go? Which books of the Bible are we going to have? Um, what was the nature of Christ? Was he fully human? Was he fully... Uh, fully divine? Was he a 50-50 kind of baby? Uh, they had all that stuff yet to figure out. Uh, orth orthodox. Ortho. Can you think of another word that starts with ortho? Orthopedic. What do they do with orthopedics? Bones. But the idea is to make the bones... Right. Another... Another, another word that starts with ortho, that starts with teeth. Orthodontists, what do they do? They make your teeth straight. Orthodox, straight thinking. This is the line. It doesn't stray this way. It doesn't stray that way. This is, this is the straight and narrow. Paul preached an openly true kind of gospel. Anyone could look at what Paul preached and just see the plain truth of it. Uh, there were no, no hidden mysteries. Uh, some men attacked Paul with words and some attacked with actions, and yet he knew that his ministry and message, uh, it needed the approval of every, every man, but really it needed the approval of, 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 of God himself. Later on in the chapter, Paul will reflect again on his sufferings, but in these two first, first two verses, he, he makes it clear that he did not suffer because he was unfaithful of the gospel. Um, also at the time, bad things happen to you, it must have been because you did some bad things. If good things happen to you, you must have been doing some good things. Now that's true in a lot of areas of life. If I choose not to lie, cheat, steal, murder, rob, da, 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 my life's going to be better. But chance and fate happen to everyone, right? Y'all know good people who still get the cancer. You all know bad people who are just doing fine. Back in that day, it really was a little more pronounced. If, things, if bad things are happening to you, you, you brought it on yourself. Or the gods are bringing it upon you. And so Paul, when he says, hey, I've suffered, people will be like, you're doing something wrong. 
And Paul's like, I'm doing it for the, I'm doing it for the gospel. I've been shipwrecked three times. Yeah, you're doing something wrong. I've, I've been sailing to you to help out, and storms come along. What, what do you want? Yeah. Even if our gospel is veiled, uh, if people don't respond to this glorious gospel, it's not Paul's fault or the gospel's fault. It's uh, those who just can't see its fault. Um, the God of this age. Who is the God of this age, do you think? Was it small g or big G? Small g, which means it's not God. Satan involved, Satan, the evil. What are the names of Satan? Satan. I like the evil one. That, that, that's one of my favorite ones. Beelzebub. The, the, uh, Beelzebub, Beelzebub means the God of flies. When you think death and decay, flies are... Uh, at least flies were not welcome in our house. I don't know about yours. Uh, I used to feel guilty when I was like six or seven. Mom would give me the fly swatter and like 40 flies later. I'm like, I They're flies. They're just, they don't get to live in our house. Get over it. Satan can only blind those who do not believe. The God of this age makes us blind to, to the... To the uh, uh, to God, to, to who Jesus was. Uh, that's, that's one of uh, the evil ones, evil ones' ways of doing things. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, uh, to see his glory, uh, to see this glory is to be saved. Therefore, Satan directs his energies into blinding people from ever seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Long time ago, I used to think. Believe it. I gotta. I gotta not pause after that. Uh, my my kids say, "Dad, I've been thinking," and we go, "Yay, good!" It's, we knew it was gonna come. Because shut up, Dad. I used to think that God, Satan, equal, equal powers. That's that's what it was kind of taught to me. Like the opposite of good is. Evil. The opposite of God is Satan. And there's kind of a, it's, it's a 50-50 kind of thing. You know, yeah, you see the cartoons, and you see the little angel on this side, you see the little devil on this side, and they try to talk to you. Uh, it wasn't until a long time that I discovered that that's not how it works. Even, oh, what was, uh, give me another name for Satan. Lucifer, since we're going angels, right? Fallen angel, Lucifer. Uh, According to tradition, it, it actually doesn't say so in, in here. Uh, Lucifer is the fallen angel, and uh, the, the Catholics they have this whole um, yeah angelology, if you will, on on, on how it all works. Uh, we Methodists don't get too too wrapped up in in angels. Uh, we believe in them. We don't worship them. Uh, we don't pray to them. I do ask for help from a guardian angel. Hey, watch watch the kid as he drives out today. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, Lucifer, the fallen angel, once was an angel and wanted to go his own way. Uh, pride cometh before something. What was it? Yeah. Uh, yep. And that's, uh, that, that's what kicked Lucifer out according to tradition. I want to go my own way. And uh, God said, okay, 
off he goes. And uh, he's a liar, he's a trickster, and he causes us to, to not see the way of Christ. I, I wonder if Satan, Satan's job, I was like, his job was to, to trick us and to, uh, to make us damn, but I, somewhere in the back of my mind, I was, he just, Satan doesn't want to be lonely. He wants to make other people not see Christ the way he, I don't know. He's the God of this world, and this world won't last forever. Which also depresses me. Someone said this is a depressing chapter. I'll keep throwing depression on it. Uh, one of my kids a while back says, Dad, I wish I could live forever. I'm like, you don't want that. You don't want that. He goes, why not? Because uh, according to the scientists, six billion years from now or whatever year it is, we're, what, what's going to happen to the earth? It's going to get swallowed up by something. Not by, well, that can happen anytime. Uh, this, the, someday, someday, in the millions and millions and billions, uh, the sun's going to expand into a supernova, and we are, we're in that path. Yeah. I don't want to be around living forever when something like that happens. Uh, for, if you want to live forever and that happens, you're just going to float through space, just got nothing to do. Yeah, you don't want that. So I believe in a God, I believe in heaven, and I can't wait to go because that, that's eternal. Everything here on earth, uh, we just get to borrow for a little while. Even loved ones. Loved ones we get to borrow for a while. I'm discovering this with my own kids as they, uh, as they grow up and leave, which was the whole plan anyway, right? Uh, we get to borrow them for a little while. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, they get to borrow us for a little while. But someday, we'll all be together again. Yeah. Uh, shining hearts. I kind of like this. Uh, happy, shiny people. That's what Paul wants us to be. Uh, what exactly has God shown in our hearts? He's the light of knowledge of the glory of God. Um, we shine it. Imagine a person in a sunny room who enjoys the sunshine so much they want to keep it all to themselves, so they shut all the curtains to keep the sunshine in. Guess what happens? No more sunshine. <laughs> um, yep, gotta 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 open up the windows to let the light in, and open up your heart to let the light go back out. It's our job as Christians: let the light shine. Ah, oh, this little light of mine. Yay. Won't hide it under a bush. I know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the last verse. There's another verse. Don't let Satan. Oh, that's, that's this one I was trying to hide. Yeah. Don't let Satan blow it out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my hope for all the kids in our church ministry here is that they learn the stories and they learn some of the songs. Uh, so when I say Daniel in the lion's den... They got it. Uh, so when I when I uh, talk about Jonah or talk about Judas or talking about you know, whatever it is, um, that they, they know the classic stories of the Bible, and uh, they know some of the songs that that we sing. We got a bap we got a baptism this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Guess what we're going to sing after the baptism? Jesus loves me. Yeah. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. 
All right, let's do. Uh, I got no notes. Verses seven through twelve. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. The treasure is the greatness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have this, tre uh, uh, this, this treasure in what? Clay jars. Does your Bible say anything different? Earthen vessels. Yeah. Little clay pots. How how expensive are clay pots? Nope. Dime a dozen. Even even back then there were dime a dozen. Uh, you just, I need to make a pot, go outside, mix some mud, mix some straw, bake it for a while, and and you got it. They cracked easily, but they were also easily replaced. And recyclable. You could you could kind of water them down, melt them down, and, 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 and start all over again. So who is worthy to be this container uh, for God's light and glory? The smartest person isn't smart enough. The purest person isn't pure enough. The most spiritual person isn't spiritual enough. And the most talented person isn't talented enough. We're all just clay pots holding on to an unspeakable great treasure. Uh, somewhere, somewhere in the Bible, it talks about how man was formed. What book was that? That was Genesis. Genesis. In the beginning, Genesis. Uh, and remember what man was made from? Dust, earth. Uh, any, there's, there's two creation stories. Someday, I'll, if we do Genesis, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of play with them both. But in the second creation story, uh, we get Adam and Eve. And uh, for Adam comes first, and God is walking through the garden, and the springs were coming up out of the ground. And God, God kneels down into, into, into the dust of the earth, the, the, the clay, the, uh, the, the, the molding uh, place, and he forms a man out of the dust. And, the and, and, I, and I already said it, but the man's name was, which is Hebrew for dirt or dust or earth, if you want to be more poetic about it. So if you know anyone named Adam, dirt. Uh, Eve. Do you know where the name Eve comes from? Ooh. Christmas Eve means before, right? Uh, morning, afternoon, evening. Uh, Eve in, 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 in the old languages uh, means to give birth to. Uh, evening, in, in, in the old Hebrew way of doing things, uh, the day began at sundown. 
Yeah, what is, whenever the sun went down, six in the evening would be a good guess. Uh, when the sun goes down, evening, it gives birth to the day. Christmas Eve gives birth to Christmas. Eve didn't even have a name. They just called her the woman until she gave birth to Cain, and then they called her Eve. She, she, it wasn't, Adam, Adam, let me introduce you to Eve. He didn't have a name. She didn't, she didn't do uh, birthing yet. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, dust, dust of the earth. <laughs> Adam is dust. And uh, Paul picks up on that. Uh, we, are, we are just clay vessels. And someday we will return. Earth, uh, Ash Wednesday. It's going to be on a Wednesday this year. So uh, mark your calendars. But guess which day it is? Valentine's Day. Aww. So are we going to have a Valentine's Day? Lovey-dovey. Remember that you were dust and to dust you shall return. <laughs> Holiday. Uh, we'll actually have three little serv services. It might be a strong word for it. Three devotionals that day. Uh, pick one. One at 7 in the morning. <sighs> one at 12.30 and one at 5.30. So uh, for those who are working, they can come before work or at lunch or right after work. Uh, there'll be a short devotional. We might sing a song or two and we'll do the ashes. But uh, we'll keep you evening free for your lovey-dovey uh, if you're going out to eat, whatever it is. I'm doing this, A, out of courtesy for, for those who have Valentine's Day plans, and B, I like to stay married. So that's, uh, that's why we're doing that. Yeah. Just a little late. Ugh. I want it to, yeah, I, I, I choose life. That's, that's what it is. So Paul goes through his problems. Hard-pressed, I'm not crushed, perplexed, but not despair, persecuted, not abandoned. Uh, there's a song that we do. I don't think we do it at the 930 service. Um, I'm, oh, I, I lost it. Ah, da, da, da. My trials. Jacob, help me out. What's the song? Oh, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I'm trading my sorrows. Uh, I, I had to get to the chorus. I'm trading my sorrows. Yeah, that's where this, uh, all, these, all these words come into play there. For we are alive, but we're always given to the death of Jesus' sake. So that may, we might be... Uh, yeah. Paul, Paul has this idea of being hunted in, in all these things. Hard-pressed. Paul was a wanted, hunted man because of what he was for Jesus. Uh, in Acts, in several places, there's times where people conspired together uh, to go after him. Uh, he knew what it was like to be, to be hunted. Uh, he also knew what it was like to not be crushed. Paul was not crushed by the stress. Uh, he could still serve the Lord gloriously. Uh, Paul's life was hard, and it was hard because of his passionate devotion to Jesus Christ. He knew. He knew the, he knew the troubles. But he also knew the power and the victory that Christ had in his life. Um, this is not a theory to Paul, but, but it, was, it was real life experience. Um, suffering can lead to glory. To be resurrected, you have to die. We like to talk a whole lot about the first part. We don't like to talk about the second part. 
victories that, that have consequence and meaning are always tough. Some of you battle things that uh, the person next to you has, has no idea. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's wayward family members. Maybe it's your own despair or thoughts of what you used to do or used to be. I don't, whatever it is. Those are trials. And God promises us a victory should we move through it. Someone told me, Christians are always happy. I'm like, not the ones I know. But they know there's happy on the other side. And for that, I can smile. Here's the irony. The Corinthian Christians despised Paul because they, they saw his sufferings. And because cause he said he is a victor in Christ, you know, like he doesn't look very victorious. They did not see that their lives of victory were only possible because Paul made such an effective servant through, through his suffering. Not that God causes suffering, but he can see us through it. Death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Let's do verses 13 through 15. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow in the glory of God. Here's a principle. Faith creates a testimony. Paul really believed that God had a purpose in his death-like sufferings and really believed and lived his experience of the resurrection life of Jesus. Therefore, he wasn't hesitant to speak about it. Here, here he's quoting, uh, it is written, it's uh, in Psalm 116, I think. I believe, therefore, I have spoken. You can only speak to what you know in your heart. Knowing that, he, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, uh, Paul didn't despair in his sufferings. I always wonder how people with no faith get through some of the hard things that we sometimes face. It would just, I think it would be a harder, harder road to hoe. This is the ultimate goal of Paul's ministry. His heart was, was to serve Corinthian Christians and the Christians in other cities. Uh, that whatever he did would cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. All of this, everything I do is for your benefit. That is one, another difference from the, from the Gnostics. The Gnostics say, come. We will teach you and you can serve us. It's all about us. It's all about us. It's all about us. And Paul, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Yeah, his name is on the book. But he's not doing this for him. Uh, if it was just for him, I, you know, these, these beatings and these shipwrecks and uh, uh, getting bitten by a snake in Malta, if you remember that story, 
uh, and everything else. I, I wouldn't do this if I didn't love you. <laughs> I'm doing it for you so that the grace is reaching more and more people so more and more people can be saved from the God of this age. All right, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieved for us, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So Paul began the chapter with another therefore. Uh, but I think this answers the question that, that uh, the Corinthians were trying to, trying to get at. Uh, since we have this ministry, since we've received mercy, since we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. And then in the chapter, he described all his death-like sufferings he had, in, uh, had to endure. And, and, and now Paul ends it with, because he anticipates the question, Paul, with all of that, how can you not lose heart? Uh, therefore, is part of the answer, because it points back to what Paul just wrote. Um, Paul just explained that his death-like trials made for more effective life-giving ministry for the Corinthian Christians. Knowing this made him not lose heart in the midst of trials and sufferings. You will go through so much if you believe what you're doing is for a good cause. Do you ever have a job where you, where, where you just felt like it was busy work without real effective results at the end? Man, you just kind of lose heart after a while, don't you? But if you think, if you think that there is a payoff, if you think that there is, uh, this means something, this is important, this is greater than I, people will, people will wage wars. People will change their family tree. If they think it matters. And that's, that's where Paul is saying that this, this, this matters. Even though our outward body is perishing, the inward person is being renewed day by day. Suffering takes a toll on the body, but, but we are being renewed on the inside and blessed. Uh, outward person has the same idea as the earthen vessels uh, as, as before. Paul, Paul didn't write as a kindergartner in the school of suffering. He had advanced graduate degree in it. <laughs> uh, he, he's been stripped. He's been in prison. He's been beaten. He's been stoned. Uh, he's been shipwrecked. He's been perils of water. Robbers, in peril of my own countrymen, in perils from the Gentiles. Perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness. Perils in the sea. Perils among false, false people. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst, and fastings, and cold and nakedness. And so when he, and he writes, where is it? Through all of that. For our light and momentary troubles... If those are light, I'm scared. I, I don't want to even want the light trials and sufferings, if that's, if that's light suffering. But what he's trying to get at is the glory. If, if you had the scales, he even talks about it. If you had the scales, the scales of glory and the scales of what you're going to go through, the glory is always going to win. It's always going to win. 
Maybe some of you had this when you were having chi- uh, going through childbirth. Man, it, it's not easy, is it? No. Is it painful? Is it worth it? Ask me which kid. Is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> to, be de- to, to be determined. Yeah. Almost always. Almost always. It's worth it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a second one. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember my wife's telling my mother-in-law, you didn't tell me. <laughs> ah, you'd figure it out on your own. What it was like. Uh, the, the, on the scale of life, the eternal far outweighs what we have to face sometimes through here. Keep your eyes on this side. Through the pain, through the suffering, through the trials, through the heartache, through the, through the shame, through the guilt. There's, oh, this, it, this just wins every time. And all the stuff that you think is uh, this, uh, this is going to be this way forever. It's not. Eternity is forever. Not what we're facing today. So uh, no, no matter what, no matter what the doctor says, it's temporary. No matter what the politics of the day say, it's temporary. Wait four years, right? I'm just waiting because uh, Iowa caucus was yesterday, right? Yeah. And I, someone's someone's on the TV. This is the most consequential election of our of our lifetime. I'm like they said that four years ago, and they said it four years ago, and they said it. Four, they're going to say it four years from now. It's temporary, right? Uh, it's important. Don't get me wrong. It's temporary because um, I got people who come into my office who say, you know, this is the way it's always going to be. Oh. It's always changing. Uh, hopefully for better. The long arc of, of you know, of, of time goes towards justice. Uh, go for the eternal. Mm-hmm.